Do we see what happened to them at the end? Where did they go? Where did they end up? We don't see, right? They just pack up and leave, right? That's the yeah. last time we see them. Oh, right. They're packing up. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so see, listen, they're going to share, they're going to have a little uh, romantic space flight, baby. They're you hauling it. They're going to move in together. And we are live with another episode of the Andor After Show, this time talking about episode 12. It is the season finale of Andor. It came out, what, 22 hours ago? And we're here at uh, uh, 10 o'clock Pacific time on Wednesday uh, to talk about episode 12, the season one finale of Andor. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. This is the show brought to you by The Keeg, uh, where, I mean, it's pretty much self-explanatory. We watched Andor. We're here to talk about it. I got my co-host, Sarah Zitney, a.k.a. Miss Marauder. Sarah, how are you doing today? Doing phenomenal. Are you, actually? Yeah, yeah. I went to Universal Studios today with Evie. Uh, That's cute. That's cool. And then, yeah, went on a a weird search. Do you know those fidget toys that look like slugs? Is that the one that turns in? It it, kind of like goes like this, and it makes like a really satisfying clicking sound. Is that the one that curls into itself? So it'd be like a donut if a donut's a cylinder. No, no. Well, no. Okay. I, I would I would show you one, but she's she has them in her bed with her. Okay. Um, someone was selling them at a toy stand in Universal Studios for fifteen dollars. So she decided she made a deal with me that she was going to leave Universal early so we could stop at Walmart on the way home to buy one because I was like I'm pretty sure they're less than five dollars at Walmart and they were they were three dollars. So I don't PSA, know what the kids are into nowadays. PSA, yeah, don't buy a toy off of a kiosk at City Walk at Universal Studios. I mean, it'd probably be really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether our guest has been to Universal Studios, um, but that is a question for our guest. We have Jen Markham herself. Jen Markham. Hey, I have been to Universal Studios Hollywood many, many, many times. I've actually never been to Florida, though. Oh, that's that's good, because I also feel it's weird when Florida people are like, yeah, I've been to Universal Studios, Orlando, and I'm like, boo, boo. (laughs) If it doesn't have the studio tour, it doesn't count. Yeah, when I I just don't have a concept of the Florida park at all. Like it's it like people work there. Yeah, it's there's an office tower. (laughs) So do they film anything there? People love it. The, the Harry Potter the Harry Potter thing. I have not been there since the Harry Potter stuff has been built. That's so it, it has been a second, but uh um yeah, yeah that I'm was dying to go again. 2010, I, I think. I what Harry Potter hasn't been out since 2010. The park? Yeah. Wizarding World? Has it? I have not been to Universal Studios. Last time I was at Universal Studios, they had the Back to the Future ride. It opened in uh Hollywood in 2016. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think it was uh, 2010, 2011, because I went the first year it was open there, and it was probably 2010. Oh, in Florida? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I've only been to Islands of Adventure in Florida. So that was, that, that's me. Um, but enough talking about Florida. Let's talk about a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Jen, uh, it's, it's so good to have you on this show. Even though I'm blurry, um, my webcam isn't focusing on me. But let's focus on you. 
Um, well, how honored you, to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, you are a huge uh, Star Wars fan, Star Wars content creator. Um, I love your work. I love everything that you do. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the that's the show. That's, that's all I have <laughs> Let's to all just talk about and how you're in love focus Jen. now. So that's it. And now scene. I'm now I'm in focus. Um, how have you been liking Andor? Other it. than episode twelve, let's let's rewind and be like up to episode eleven. How have you been liking it? I've I've just been loving it, really loving it, I, and and surprised that this is what the show they made. You know, there's been no eye on selling toys. It's not for kids. It's um like it's a novel paced storytelling they're taking their time we're getting to know the characters and in a way that no disney plus show star wars or otherwise has done uh i love star wars like you said we all do uh i am a little more interested in the i'm less interested in space wizards i love them but i like the other stuff a little better the underworld the, the bounty hunters and uh, regular people yeah, and we've gotten to see that, and we've gotten to see so much about Star, that whole universe that we've never gotten to see, at least in live action before. I've just, I've been really impressed, really loving it. Extremely sad that this season's now over. I remember when it started; it's like twelve episodes. Oh my goodness, we're gonna go right up to Christmas, and all of a sudden it's like Thanksgiving and it's over. I'm like, dang, yo. Yeah. yeah. So, I I have a very interesting question for you. Why do you think that you like Star Wars that way? Because I feel like there's two branches of Star Wars, right? There's the people who want lightsabers and space wizards and the Force and Yoda in everything, which is great. I love Star Wars for that. That's great. But yeah. then there's there is the other, like like ironically, the more down to earth stories. Well, I think that's what makes it a little more real, though, and I think maybe in different. Uh uh aspects of your life i mean listen if i could use the force and could swing a lightsaber i would in a second you know in yeah. terms of being relatable but when you i i i find that more interesting and i i find that interesting with any sort of fandom world like i want to see what the regular people are doing what are we fighting for you know right. that fascinates me and then just the you know uh, uh, heroes doing regular things or being with regular people i i just I find that interesting right at this time of my life. I think also, I don't know, the design, the costumes, I like a little bit better. I mean, all the space wizards wear the same thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I just, it's it's more my aesthetic. It's just kind of fascinates me. I think we've seen the least of it because this the, the live action, especially the movies have been focused so much on this one family. I've seen it. I mean, it's great. And it's, I, I, let's look at other families. Let's look at other people and see what they're doing. It just is at this point in the storytelling, and that's interesting, interesting. It's more interesting to me. <laughs> I agree. So. I think especially after the uh, sequel trilogy, where they kind of, they pointed us towards Ray is a nobody and then went, Ray is a Palpatine. Like, who is Ray? She must be someone special from a special family because uh, being a hero is genetic. And like, then it's like, no, she's a nobody, but she can still be a hero. And then she's Palpatine, like she's a Palpatine, and then she could be a hero. And I feel like the sequel trilogy hinges on like, yeah, it's it's all just a bloodline. You can only be a hero if you're a Skywalker or Palpatine or whatever. 
Uh, and it's not a great message to me, to me. And I know everyone yeah. has a very strong opinion about this, but I'm, I'm big team Ray nobody. Like that was the message. And I think that's what Ryan Johnson was going for, especially the very last scene in that movie, like with a little boy from nowhere could just put a t- zip up a broom. Like it was nothing Yeah, because he had, because he happened to have this thing. That's a much bigger message that it's really accessible to anybody who want you know, so it's definitely the antithesis of some people love the game of thrones and harry potter it's who your parents are and that's they wouldn't be making these stories if people if some people didn't love that so i don't have any one of them i i like to see you know possibilities open to everybody but like i said they're they won't be writing them if people didn't enjoy them so Uh, this this show is the antithesis of the sequels yes in 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 both good and bad like if you like awesome lightsaber fight scenes you're not going to get in this show so like it's not not a judgment like i'm not passing judgment on it but i'm just saying like it is literally the exact opposite of the sequels it's it's a little it's a spy thriller it's uh a a drama it's uh it's not that epic it's really kind of about small places and small things happening um yeah i i i'm i'm thinking about this episode 12 and like I get worked up, Sarah. Um, Sarah takes copious notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have two pages. The 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 symbolism. I'm sorry, I have three pages today. Wow. I, I but that's because I I literally wrote down everything that Brasso said, the the, the Marva message, yeah. and then I wrote down like seventy percent of what Marva said. Oh man, I <laughs> like these are all good. I think the point of Ka- uh, of Andor, for both good and bad, because we see it a lot, and especially even after that mid credit scene, it's that everybody working together can make something bigger, right? Like can, but that works in a bad way too, as we see in that in that end credit scene, right? I I feel like, what do I feel like? I don't know. What do you feel like? You feel like a rebel? You're wearing a rebel shirt. I know. So I bought this uh, from Heroes and Villains. It's it's like embroidered. And then the oh, back has fabulous. like red five on it. Oh, oh nice. my gosh. It's fabulous. Like, I, don't, I don't know if the orange is going to look good on me. So then I also bought the Jedi Knight one because mm. that one was dark blue. Um, it was really just an excuse to buy two of them. But the orange uh, is like the, the X-Wing jumpsuit, right? Yeah. 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 By the um, way, I just wanted it just because I bought it for this. Uh, I got an Andor. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Um, for anyone watching our stuff, we all got. Like, oh, we all got our stuff. Yeah. All dressed up. <laughs> uh, for anyone out there watching the live stream, you're watching us on Twitch.tv/slash The Keeg Show or YouTube.com/slash The Keeg Show. Pretty much anything slash The Keeg Show at The Keeg Show. Um, but if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, it's wherever you get your podcasts from: um, Apple Podcast, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Stitcher. Because I heard Stitcher was a thing, and so I was like, let's put this up on Stitcher too. Um, <laughs> nice, that's what I use. So. Do you use Stitcher? Yeah. Well, how I, how come it took me this long to like to? I don't know. Realize there's a hundred of them. There I, is just, a lot. So, there's like Podbean, but I don't know what Podbean is. You know, but either way, we're on uh, it now. We're on Stitcher. So, so I think, <laughs> I think the thought that I had was it was very difficult. I think that two things can be true at once because as you guys were talking about being the antithesis to the sequels, I was yeah. like. Oh, I like the sequels. Though. I mean, I like the sequels too. <laughs> well, you know, but they do their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think thematically, not yeah. quality-wise. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I feel like it almost connects to last week when we saw the space fight and I was like, oh, right. Space fights. Like yes, that was the show was so good. I completely forgot that like space fights were a thing. Like how good does a show have to be to make you forget space fights? Right. Like the core of Star Wars is is X-Wing fights, you know? And uh, I forgot until it happened last week that I was like, oh, right, we're in space fights, you know? And and part of it, I think, is bringing it down to that level. And I, I, I will talk about the, the, the stinger, the end credit scene for a minute, where it's like, are they building parts of the Death Star? Uh, does it really matter if they're building parts of the Death Star? You know, they're building something, you know, and it, now it's okay. They were building parts of the Death Star. Of course, it cuts me very deep to know that Melshi and Cassian helped build the thing that killed them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rough. Um, <laughs> but also, that shot was terrifying. And I think that's what this has done is like, you know, the Empire is like scary bad guys, but, you know, we don't get into how evil they are in this. I feel like this show really kind of showcases like the realistic fascism and how scary it is. And because they spent this whole season doing that, when the Death Star shows up at the end, it's so scary. Yeah. Like that's actually, like a I... WMD. Like that's, it's so scary. It's like, this is terrifying. I didn't need it, but because it was there, I was like, this is the scary, this is terrifying. Yeah. I think I agree. I think the Empire has never been scarier, never been more evil. We've never seen this. I mean, the 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 way they tortured Bix. I mean, using the cries of children they've killed before and repurpose that as a torture device. I mean, that's 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 sick. Yeah. And it's almost funny, like when you see the Death Star, and I I, I guess we're jumping right to this one. I actually didn't love seeing that. I gotta be honest. I'm like, oh, I've seen it. This whole show was about stuff I'd never seen. Yeah. And it ends with something I've seen a million times. That's just, I had that visceral reaction. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to see the small things, this, the little spy stuff happening. The, the small battles that lead to the big battle. Yeah. But um, Would you rather have seen, Jen, that they were creating parts for like a toilet that was on the, on the Death Star? And then like the Imperial officer gets up washes their hands, walks to the control room of the Death Star, and then you see, without that toilet, the Death Star would be inoperable. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't need the Death Star at all. Okay. I'm okay. glad I'm glad I you finally mentioned it, because the only thing I think Andor has been missing is toilet humor. Ah. Um, that's, you know, that's what Star Wars has been missing forever. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely, I agree, Jen. I don't think, I, I, I was okay with it, um, I was not expecting it so much that um, I know you know Gemma as well, who our our Rogue One obsessed friend. I was texting her; she was texting me about the episode, um, and her first text is always like, "Tony Gilroy, turn on your location. I just want to talk," because um, <laughs> <laughs> she's always like violently sobbing, and I love her very much. And she was texting me as the credits were rolling, and then I was like, "Oh, there's a mid credit scene." And she's like, "Oh, have you not seen that yet?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, I wasn't. I was fully like done watching it." I, I, you know, it just didn't seem like a thing that was going to happen in the show. Yeah. I almost feel like Tony right. Hiller was like, fine, I'll put it in at the end. Like, it looks so different because as uh, to your point, Sarah, that we hadn't seen a lot of space battle except for episode 11. Um, so, and I think they're making the point that these small things lead to this enormous thing, yes. but I, I already knew that. 
Yeah. Like I've seen Star Wars. We I, all have. I, I, I didn't. I, I felt like it was a little bit because the show has not been hitting me over the head with anything. It's yeah. just been doing its thing and and making metaphors and the whole deal. So then to have something so over the oh, like right on your head, I'm like, oh, oh okay, I I got it. I think if it was just them, if it was just like the the part before they zoomed out, where it's like they're building a thing in space and you obviously know it's the Death Star, but then when they zoomed out and you saw the whole Death Star, I feel like that kind of hit you over the head with it. Maybe maybe I'm dumb, but before they showed the Death Star and they just showed the, the robots on the thing, piecing it together, and I just saw pieces, I thought to myself, is this just another random weapon that will show up in season two? Before it showed, you know what I mean? I was like, because it it was it was kind of um, disconnected. So I was like, is it going to be like a satellite of what we would like Earth, modern day Earth would think of a satellite that is going to be a problem in season two? I was like, oh, they're building the Death Star. And then it zoomed out and I was like, oh, it's done. It's almost done. It's almost done. <laughs> like, well, okay. I think timeline wise, it would make sense. It was it would be this far into completion. Yeah. 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 Um, I also, I thought what, I knew they were building something Imperial, obviously, by those triangles, right? Or no, what were they, were they hexagons that they were building? Or triangles? Yeah, they're, what's the, what's the one with six? That's what they were, weren't they? Pentagon is hexagon, five. Yeah. Hexagon. I, I think though, though, because this, yeah, this is what actually a little frustrates me a little bit, is that we're all talking about that scene. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. there was 12 episodes of not that, and right. this is all we're talking Oh, we're not. I mean, obviously the show just started, but like we're talking you know? about how we're not, we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, listen, people, I, I saw on all social media and credits, yeah, I wasn't spoiled me, but I watched the end credits, so I knew something was coming. Yeah. Um I I agree it wasn't that great. Yeah. I love the like, I don't, don't get I, people spoiled. are excited. Like I don't want to take I don't want to yuck on anyone's yum, but yeah. I, I I that's just it was just uh led into what we were talking about before, but what I really liked about the show and how different it was and how we were seeing it, different stuff and new places yeah. and new ideas in Star Wars than to hit the biggest thing in Star Wars. It's like, no, but that's just that's just me. Then let me ask you, Jen, what was your your the greatest moment? Greatest in the whole single show? moment in this episode, in this episode. I mean, let's, it's not, it's, it's not an up episode, right? Like it's, uh, our, our good guys get away and everybody lives except for Marva, obviously, but she was yeah. already gone. Yeah. Right. Uh, I thought, I thought someone's going to go, someone's not going to make it to season two. And everyone I Bix, does. I thought Bix was dying a hundred percent. Or I thought, I, I thought B, um, oh. I thought maybe Karn. At some point, I thought Deidre. I'm like, uh, uh, are we gonna get rid of her? And oh, nobody. Everybody I wanted. Made C- it. I wanted Cyril to die. I still. I. I, I want. I die. don't like those two. That's uh, no. definitely my least favorite part. He stalked her. That is not healthy. That is bad. I don't even get what it is. I don't want to get what it <laughs> I is. Think she, I, I. He's gonna die, right? I, She's gonna kill okay. him, right? I thought she would just kill him once he said once she seemed like the kind of person that once he saved her, she, she was like, oh, oh, blam. You know, I really I saw that coming. I'm like, just shoot him, just shoot him, just shoot him. And I I suppose I should thank you. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. I have not felt a visceral disgust at the possibility of a kiss in so long. I was like, yes. if these two people kiss right now, I'm turning my TV off. Like yes. I will be so like I I was like so the uncomfortable. entire time it was like ugh, like I was like crawling out of my skin. I was like, there is a thing happening here. 
I'm uncomfortable with it. They are too close to each other. If I was like, if it, if I, I was just so uncomfortable. I perfectly said exactly the same. I hated it. This does hated take, it. This does take my number one spot for most like not wanted kiss, but I do have a very close second in Star Wars. Oh. Oh, it's so divisive. I do too, but... Wait, does Sarah know? Wait, who did you not want to kiss in Star Wars? Kylo and Rey. Kylo and Rey. Thank you, Kylo Jen. Thank you. I, 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 to this day, have still not seen it. I turn I away every time. I don't like oh, the way... I thought I you... Wanted, okay, yeah. I wanted them to kiss, but not like that. Not like that. I'm not a... I wouldn't call myself a Raylo shipper. I do have a Kylo Ren tattoo, but... I got it in 2016 after the first movie because I thought his helmet looked dope. And it was like a Star Wars flash day. Somebody asked me before Rise of Skywalker what what I wanted most out of the movie. And I said, I don't care what happens, Finn and Rey have to end up together. I did not get that at all. No. But I mean, he did yell yell Rey like for the whole movie. For the whole movie. Almost no other lines. Yeah. Um, but yes, disgusting. Cyril and De- Daedra, disgusting. Disgusting. Not as uh, people. And, and Act, the Stephanie, actors and actresses are are oh, amazing. Doing an amazing the job. The characters are also amazing in a bad way. Disgusting way, right? Yeah. But still, and it's funny too what you say about like you notice in movies because of the framing, everyone is standing cl- much closer together in every scene in every movie ever than you would in real life because that they're being framed for a motion picture or a television show. But it's so funny when they did it. I'm like, no, 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 get out, just shoot him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't actually get what they're doing. What is that? What what am I supposed to be like? Th- what are they doing? The only the only way I can see it working out strategically for the writing is a very similar thing what they did, and we'll we'll go to Mon Mothma. Uh, I want Daedra setting up Cyril for a fall. That's the only way I can see this be making sense. Like the guy is obviously stalking her. She does not want it. She saves her life. I just thought but, she was uh, not cooler, like cooler under pressure than that. I was surprised yes. to see her reaction because Cyril was the one that once. So I guess it's kind of like showing a little bit. I don't know, like making them similar in a way, because he was the one that was all fancy pants. And then he got in and then once it started to go down, he started freaking out and like didn't have the, you know, on on ground experience you know but she seemed like uh, but i guess she is just an office worker technically well in episode three cyril yeah freezes up right so i guess this is showing his growth but it's not love it's obsession it's weird and gross I haven't even like seen for sure that it is a love romantic thing. Like I, I, I remember the first time when he when he's stalking her. I rewatched those scenes not happily. I'm like, okay, what is going on here? What is what does he want? And I still can't. It's still not clear. And that's cool, actually. Like, keep me guessing, keep me surprised as as 
someone who's creating a narrative. I like it. But even this one, I'm like, I still don't get it. And Sarah, I completely agree. Like she, I I had this a sense of her that she would be this stone cold, like just action person once it came down. But 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 you make a good point. Like if she is a like a CIA analyst, and think of it that way, that she has always been behind a desk, she maybe doesn't have those field skills or isn't as sharp. But it was it was strange to me. She was like kind of flustered and uh, whimpering I mean, I, a little bit. I'm like, oh it, oh. Yeah, I feel like get, getting trampled would probably do that to you. Not right. just and, getting and, trampled. She was getting like almost curb stomped by a crowd or like on yeah, purpose. Right. They ganged up on her, right? Oh, that's Which, right. And then the editing was stranger. Then suddenly she was, he was pulled away. Suddenly yeah. Palpatine returned. And like, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly you know, Deidre survived. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, like, I get what you're saying about the scene. Like, if, you know, she's an uh, like an office worker, right? And she's being put in the field, things are going to be different. I saw it as when Nazis act super tough in real life, and then they get socked in the jaw, and they they back down real quick, and they, like, cried to themselves. It's like a real-life thing. Like, I, that's what I, I think. I think uh-huh. that the this show has done an amazing job because that, like, begrudging affection we felt for Deidre in the first few episodes when it was, like, a woman in a male-dominated space that is actually correct but has to prove it, like, that lingering, like, good for her is still playing into this. Yes! Where it's like, she is the kind of, yeah, whimpering, got hit in the face, and, you know, that's who she is. She's a fascist, but we have that lingering, like, you know, good job. She's working up the ladder because she's right. I think that little bit is still inside of us. And that's why we expected her to behave in like a more like courageous way. But yeah, yeah that's she's a very the one, good comp for sure. That's such a good point, Sarah. What am I doing on the show? Like, yeah, you're, I, I, uh, you're, she's the one you're rooting for in that room. You're still rooting for her. And even when it was yeah. her and Karn, like, just shoot Karn. Because I want to see what yeah. she, I want to see what she does. I don't want her to go. I want Karn to go. Yeah, I think it's a tournament bracket, like a bracket tournament. Like, like you, you have the rebels on one side, the good guys, and then you have the bad guys on the other, and you want the best teams on each side to like work their way up. So when they finally go up against each other, you know who you want to win. You want the rebels to win against the empire, right? But like. On that side, it's like you see her rising up and you're like, that's the team I want in the Eastern bracket, right? Right. That's who you want in the, in the ending. And I yes. was wondering yeah. if that's what the, what that was leading up to. Were we going to get an actual Cassian versus Miro short, showdown? And I'm glad they didn't do that. But I, but with the twists and turns of he's upstairs and they're looking for him and then someone's upstairs and there's a thing. Like, what, what, where are we going towards? And then when Cassian didn't go with the ship, I'm like, where is he going? Are they? Is this where they're going to come together? And that wasn't it at all. It was Luthen, right? Yeah, That's what that the whole thing Luthen, was. He left, yeah. he left to save Bix and go to Luthen, right? He got all his friends on the ship. And I'm like, and then you're free to, land, to take off. And he's like, I'm not going. I'm like, why go? Oh. What do you have left to do? What What are you doing? What's on your list, man? And it was Luthen. He knows where Luthen parks the ship because he's been there before. Yeah. So. um, And that leads me to one of my favorite moments in this episode. I have a top three. I don't have a favorite. But Luthen's smile, the smile that he did when Cassian's like, kill me or take me in. And then he like genuinely smiles at him. 
was one of the best moments I think of the entire season for me because it's like Cassian so I think I might be stealing this from something that I read earlier so if I am I apologize but this idea that it's all about Cassian's like we know by the time he gets to Rogue One he's like a true believer rebel rebel right and he's not that at the beginning on on uh Aldani it's I'm gonna you know do this job and, and get out on a win and get out so he's clearly been listening to Nemec he went through that thing in Narkina 5 I think he's already there so this episode is the people of Ferrix getting radicalized by Marva being the best but Cassian's already there so he is and I think that's Luthen seeing that Luthen is seeing oh he's not a threat to me he's joining the rebel alliance right now this is what he's doing by coming in and saying, kill me or, or take me in. He's like, this is my guy now. Also and that smile of realizing that was like perfect. Also that was Luthen's fear, right? That Andor would get, get interrogated and, and give things up. But like, this is Andor being like, I'll die. That's cool. Yeah. I need a purpose. And I think that like the real rebels, Nemec, can't be interrogated you know what i mean i don't think nemec would be interrogated like and and give up information about the rebels right well he doesn't have any right what's up well yeah right. he didn't have it much information <laughs> yeah but what i mean is like the people who are diehard about the cause like they will die literally die for the cause right i don't think can get interrogated Right, it just wouldn't work. Because they'll just be like, right, okay. They wouldn't be broken is what you're saying. And yeah. quite frankly, in the show, we haven't seen a lot of diehard rebels. You know, it's it's been more people on the fence. And then even Luthen's kind of the operative. And I know we're kind of changing subject, but just think about Luthen. What I've really liked about him is, you know, in a lot of these stories, there's one kind of sort of omnipotent wizard person calling the shots, and they're always right. And they're putting all the chess pieces on the board and they know what they're doing. And Luthen has shown that he doesn't always know what he's doing. His He kind of screwed up in the episode 11, like blasting out of there. Like he gave up he gave up his ship and everyone knows what, like he made this big giant exit. He went to Saw and said he wasn't sure about what to do about uh, Krieger. Yeah. He's not this all-knowing guy. He's, he's a person doing his best like everybody. I find that's really interesting. And we've seen him change his plan as we're talking about now, even with Cassian, like the whole, the, the whole reason everyone and the whole story was on this planet at this time was to get rid of this guy for different reasons. And and when he was talking to Vel about it, it was like, oh, this is perfect that the Imperials are here because they're going to find Cassian and then we can kill him. Like he, no qualms about it. And then I think Marva's speech got to him because there's yeah. multiple shots of him listening to Marva talk. Um, and I, I just think being able to give your own eulogy, super cool. Very good. Uh, very cool. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do a hologram of myself at my... Well, I mean, people do like videos, this. right? Yeah. I've never seen it, but yeah, I've I guess. never seen that happen. But I've yeah. seen an Endgame, Tony Stark. I saw that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I do want to talk about Luthen, but before I do, I want to I wanna shout out Karen's Nerdy Creations on Twitch. Um, First time uh, chatter, Karen says, Jen burning the midnight oil. Um, 
and then just like some replies to kind of what we were saying. And then Mr. Plow uh, out there um, saying Cinta is diehard. Cinta is definitely yes. a diehard rebel. Like That's true. That's true. That's, that's you a know? good point. Uh, Vel, Vel showed up with the honey I'm home and since is like I'm working yeah Vel's <laughs> distracted Vel like, is girl get out of here fight. I want them to be an uh, like actual love but Cinta I get it Cinta cares about the rebellion yep. first and we take what's left but like I want them to be in love like love love you know anyway, hi Karen thank you for coming by Karen's good people so you met Karen she came to my meetup oh yeah 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 Karen and Derek. So I'm I'm so thrilled you're here. It's I don't um, have coffee or anything. Mr. Plow says Lonnie's standing next to Krieger. Lonnie's not standing next to Krieger. Lonnie he's, is no, he's he's there when the Anto Krieger stuff is going down. Yeah, elsewhere. And they yeah, and they say no prisoners. And he's like, not today. Yeah. Like, um and of course Deidre's mad about that. Yeah. I, I I like that the Krieger stuff just kind of was small potatoes. It was like, yep, yeah. they walked right into the trap. Yeah, supposedly Which is the, exactly what what Luthen wanted. The image that they used for Krieger when they asked Bix, "Is this Axis or is this the guy you were talking to?" Uh, is not even an actor. It's like the special effects guy, but they mm-hmm. made him look different or something, just to be like that. Like he's not even going to be a character we see. It's just yeah. some guy. Um, because yeah, we never saw the huge death of how many like people. How many? Did... 30, uh, 30 men plus Krieger. <laughs> plus Krieger. Yeah. Kept plus saying. Krieger. Uh, we don't even see it. It happens off screen and we're just like, it's, it's, it's almost, it's ruthless and cruel in a way. And it is very similar to CIA drone strikes where it's just yeah, like, that's what that just... room felt like a lot, you yeah. know, like going to get Bin Laden or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously not, not, they were just like yeah. analogy in terms of the of doing a, a computer attack <laughs> yeah whether like blevin you're missing it come on well it's over it's oh like, it's over oh yeah but that's the point and and it, but it's just that they that luthan sacrificed all those people because he was playing a long game you know we don't we we've just never seen that kind of stuff in star wars ever it's this battle this 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 you know do do this step this step this step you know luther's thinking 10 steps ahead and making sure we have everything we need for like the 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 long game yeah that's I, what this was that's why we never met him we don't know these people but the point is we they sacrifice like good operatives because they can't give up what's what's on the board the one ace in the hand or whatever it's called right i right. i love the the, the that idea of the long game is something that I thought about a lot the second time I watched this because my initial thought was like oh I thought it was like a little bit underwhelmed of like what happened on Ferrix is like nobody ever like there was no showdown with Cassian but it's like oh Cassian's a spy like that's his whole thing he's not a you know and this idea of like I was viewing it as oh all the chess pieces are you know in you know all the pieces are in position for the big showdown and it's like no this is the the last game of like the tournament where it's like the first it's like the the last move of the first game of like the 10 game tournament you know like there's going to be a lot of big things that happen for Cassian before he gets to Scarif and like this is just the first you know this is just the it's the end of uh, one act it's not the end of the play if that That's, makes yeah. sense where it's like oh he doesn't have to have the showdown with Deidre right now 
this is just, I was been waiting for Deidre and Cyril to like link up and become a horrible, you know, not link up, but like a horrible, you know, disgusting Nazi power couple. And then it was like, you know, cause they both hate Cassian so much, but I thought it was going to happen mid season for the finale, but it actually happened in the finale for season two. Yeah. But like long game on long game on long game. And I love it. I have so much to talk about. I, uh, uh, I got. You know, I feel like we haven't talked about the episode at so, all. So I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, we're we're because I feel like what ends up happening is we focus on characters and then where they go. Yeah. Do you quick question about Luthen before we move from Luthen? Uh, do you feel like Luthen is a different person at the end of this episode than he was before this episode? Because I think he is changed by Marva's speech, and he is firsthand seeing all the death and destruction that he would wave away as a chess mat like it's is his chess game right like he loses the pawn it's not a big deal he's never there when he loses the pawn and in this he's seeing the small battle in ferrix in this street and he's never been there before as the far as i know well the equivalent of on the empire where we're talking about them watching the attack on krieger and in a room somewhere that's kind of what luthan has been doing i mean yeah he's flying and stuff and he is having meetings in like pretty boardrooms but he's he's not been on the ground and would be seeing it like that um and i think seeing the rebellion in the people too the way that the people of ferrix are willing to just like fuck it and just start like charging the imperials yeah. is definitely something he's going to take into account now because i don't think he's seen that before in broadly speaking the best thing about Andor is the fact that like good and bad aren't just like two things and that yes. like you can have like good or charismatic people on either side and like it's the choices that you make because again we were cheering for Daedra to like move up the ranks but then you realize oh she is a fascist Oh, she's a terrible person. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. And every time Cassian kills somebody, he doesn't do it in anywhere near a nice way. Like he is always putting a gun like right point blank in someone's chest and being like, pow, you know, even in this episode, he like takes out some Imperial in a movie way. You hit him, he falls over, you think it's over. No, he's not done. He takes his gun and then ends up like, like, and he's done that several times in the episode to show that like, uh, there's lots of movies you can point to where like the, the good guys don't use firearms and it's always like karate chops and we're just fighting hand to hand because guns are bad. Yeah. But, but Cassian has shown that he's like brutal that way, which is how I, rogue one opens too. You know, he kills that guy after getting information, which is what, to your point is that the bad guys aren't all bad, even though the empire is pretty bad, there's things to root for and the good guys aren't perfect. Right. You know, I, which is how life is yeah i don't know what this says about me as a person but there's just something about seeing cassian andor with a blaster in his hand that like makes my heart grow a la the grinch like i every time he shoots someone with a blaster i'm like mm, like i just get a warm and fuzzy feeling he just like does it maybe it's diego luna like he just does it so well like the swagger that he has with it also no one can walk with a trench coat with a hoodie up quite like him i've never seen anyone walk as well it, the, there was just love Diego Luna and the eye, his eye acting phenomenal the way that to, man oh so good I'm so good and he's got to, he got to do a lot in this episode there were some episodes in the middle where 
he wasn't always at the center of everything, which because we had to, we had a lot of story to tell to get to where we are today. Um, but this was a really good episode for him. And you could see to your to your point, Dimitri, how he's really kind of changed and like become from one start off one place and ends up somewhere else. I I mean, we're not gonna get to this just yet, but eventually I do I do want to ask you guys what we think is gonna happen in season two, because I have some ideas. But um Mon Mothma, this is something I brought up earlier. Uh let's let's talk about Mon Mothma. And how this ends? She gets two scenes. In this she gets episode? two scenes, but they're really good ones. So the, she's in her she's in her car, tells the driver to shut off the the sound. And the minute she did that, and you saw him listening, I'm like, she knows he's listening. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. And sure enough, he's seen giving the information right to the ISB. But it explains why. Oh, that explains the money. It's a setup. I don't even think so, Perrin's in on it. She's so no, good. No, Perrin's not. She's throwing him to the dogs. In oh, case yeah. But he's had sideways. a gambling problem in the past, I believe. It's That seemed set up like real. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not. He was lying. And she's like, I've had it. I don't want it, you know? And that was great acting. And then the other scene, heartbreaking. But I saw that coming. I don't know. My my husband was thinking, like, oh, I can't believe I'm like, no. I saw I saw it coming. This, the, the way that scene ended in episode 11, where he's like... It's a lot to think about. And she says, I'm not thinking about it. And she's like, that's the one, the first thing, untrue thing you've said. And I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, the Darth Chaco's out here. Uh, what's up, to Darth oh, no Chaco? Oh, Hey, Brandon. Uh, oh. Darth Chaco says, I think Luthen is changing too. Can't wait to see where he, how he grows. I was cheering when she got hit in the face with that rock. Oh, when Deidre got hit in the face. I knocked her hat off. Yeah. 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 And then Darth Rocker says, Mon Mothma threw both under the bus. It hurts, but she did what she had to do. Uh, she, and then Karen saying she's looking at the long game too. Uh, and Mr. Plow says her daughter embraced their lifestyle. I think there's a couple of yes. things to, to do with Mon Mothma's choice. One is she doesn't have that great of a relationship with her daughter. If her daughter was like her best friend, if it was like a Gilmore Girls situation, maybe she wouldn't have done it. Yeah, I'm going to go on the record and say I would never sell my daughter to a you know as an crazy thug criminal person but i i think that her daughter embracing the lifestyle theoretically should make it easier for mom but really makes it harder because she is trying to get her free of this tradition trying to get her a better life and the daughter's like actually i'm going the opposite way and so it's like it, it should make it easier but i think it makes it harder this idea yeah. that I don't want to do it, but you want to, it, it's it's so much more complicated. Yeah. And they wrote it that way, I think, too. When they when that scene happened where they talk about how she's uh, uh, she's praying or she's in the religious group or whatever it is, shows that she's a, a part of the old ways. I saw that and go, okay, so this is setting up to make it easy for us as the audience to take it when she does the youth marriage thing. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, the, and that episode you see, and you, I watched the daughter's face. I mean, I watched all three faces. Parenting has got nothing. Yes. And, but her face is like, she's kind of excited. She's like, yes, mm-hmm. this is what I do. She's okay with it, which makes us, it takes it, it's easier for us to take because if the, the poor daughter was screaming and like, mom, what are you doing yeah. this to me? And they was, oh, it'd be horrible. We couldn't have it, you know? That's what makes it e- easier pill to swallow for the audience. Yeah. It's also kind of just bad in a brainwashy cult sort of way. Like, like she should get out of it, but no, she's part of it, you know. Uh, Mr. Plow says you can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved. 
Yeah, I've I've spent a I've spent a lot of time listening to people talk about cults, and that's the whole thing is like if, if you're that bought into it. But I mean, she's so young. Yeah. Right. So that's you know, it's different. how old is she supposed to be? Sixteen, right? She's thirteen. Is she thirteen? She's thirteen, turning fourteen. Mon, and the boy is fourteen. Yeah. Mon got married at sixteen, though, right? Or fourteen? Fifteen. Okay. I think they said they should they've been married a year and they came right 16 yeah. or something. Oh, okay. Something but around the same 15, 16, I think. Yeah. Oh, she was a 16-year-old senator. That's what yeah. it was. And then she was married before that. We'd okay. already been married a year, yeah. Yeah. Uh I gotta give it up to Perrin though. He looked uh like I liked his outfit in that in that final scene. But it, they like, all okay. kind of had a little matching thing. Yeah, I like the outfit. It felt like a wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? It had that wedding vibe, even though it wasn't a wedding, but you knew. It was the it, the communication with the way everyone was standing and what they were wearing and how they were facing each other. It makes our brain go. It's a betrothal marriage. of sorts. Yeah. yeah, a betrothal, better word. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's also like we have company. Bring out the good silverware. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Got to make a good impression to this mob boss. Um, I like that we get. I'm completely changing the subject. Um, <laughs> Because I mean, your co-host so chronologically, this is what happens next. Yes. Um, uh, Cass, Cassian looking at Clem's brick, and the flashback Wait, to him. Uh, where was Clem's oh, brick? Yeah. I, I I didn't realize this. It's in he's the wall. Touching it and remembering his scene with yeah. his dad. That's what he's touching. Parts. I didn't yeah. notice. Yeah. I didn't realize what he was. Um, they don't show it great, but that they yeah. Yeah, when you see uh, Marva's brick later, it's it's the same it, kind it, of you style. You connect what it was, yeah. right? Um, okay. But when he says people don't look down to where they should, and then that calls back to what Nemec said, which um, I looked in my notes because I had written it down. That he said, "Surprise from a uh, from below is never a shocking. No, a surprise from above is never as shocking as one from below." below. So this yeah. idea of people don't look down to notice like the little people, like the empire is not looking down. So they're not noticing the rebellion that's brewing. People don't look down. So they're not noticing you Cassian, but you're going to, you know, as Marva said, when the things that you know, and the things that you feel come together, you're going to be an unstoppable force for good. And I was like, <laughs> Marva. I, I love, I love the symbolism and the imagery that they do in every single episode where it's like everything's ref- like can can be turned around right like many people together creates something right makes a difference but it's one way or another empire rebellion whatnot but then also like surprise from below and a surprise from above the empire started off below and came up right like it was like palpatine working behind the scenes and building things up little things here and there and it built up and then now the empire's above these people, let's just say of Ferrix, and the empire doesn't notice them coming up, right? Yeah, because uh, Nemec says... Like, fascism can come out of nowhere, but so can rebellion. Yeah, the imperial need for control is desperate because it's so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. Oppression is the mask of fear. Um, I love how manifesto-y his manifesto is. <laughs> Spirits. <laughs> classic. I oh, was so great about it. like you knew exactly what it was. Like they showed the picture of like what I, I like. Oh yeah, from the kid Nemec, right? It was so funny. This actually this 
they put a lot of speeches in this episode that I didn't even notice I was being kind of receiving speeches yeah, as much as they were. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's how yeah. well it was done that he's reading his manifesto. And even what his dad is talking to him, it's kind of like yeah. he's teaching him a lesson. And then he gets Marva's message, uh, you know, his words from uh, from his friend whose name is escaping me at the moment. And then, of course, Marva in her own yeah. eulogy. Part of Clem's thing, though, also with the cleaning off of these old things that people have discarded is that they add up, right? Yeah. Things add up. That's like, that's right. Is that the message of the show? Whether it's good or whether it's bad, things add uh, up. <laughs> I want to talk about the message of the show and I want to talk about how it's a big go screw yourself to Yoda. Um, oh. Nemec's big thing is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are adding up and one day it's going to be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Try. Don't don't take Yoda's advice. There's not no try. All you can do is try. One thing is going to be the thing that breaks them. So you have to try to do the one thing. And I thought that was amazing because as a teacher, the do or do not, there is no try has always annoyed me. I was like, that's hor- That's what? Like trying what? That's I, not bad. That's bad advice. I, I view them differently in real life. I think that people who fall on the, at least I tried, maybe didn't do as hard as they should have done sometimes people are like i'm allowed like obviously in real life people are allowed to make mistakes but if you go through life being like i am able to make a mistake it does not matter whether i like succeed or fail because i can make a mistake then maybe they might not try as hard you know and i always take it that way what's up i say i always take the same way that it's about about don't just trying isn't enough you got to keep trying yeah but that's not actually what he says, Sarah. I mean, that's the point. It, 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 it sounds like it's shitting on trying. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's also but the I never Jedi took it way. Though. I took it the way you did, yeah. Like the yeah, space but... wizards, right? They're the yeah. superheroes. Maybe they can have the philosophy of like, do or do not, there is no try. Right. But that's not us in real life. Us in real life are more like Nemec and these people. Every day you try. You got to keep trying. You just can't give up. Yeah. That's the better message. It's like, just, you know galaxy quest you know never give up <laughs> never surrender uh, yeah yeah i i think because that's the thing about andor i've never felt closer to the star wars universe than andor exactly because we're seeing real people do real stuff we got to see like a marching band and a funeral thing they're we multi- people's multiple underwear flutes. we say like you know maybe we've seen kitchens uh, I, think, <laughs> I, I there's so many little things that you're like oh, I've never seen this before in live action Star Wars you know like that's it just it all those little things that kind of click your brain at least for us as super nerds but it, it just it just it as a big sort of picture it makes this is this is the people that are what we're all fighting for uh, Luke and his X-wing uh, and I and the team well, it doesn't matter it's all because of these little things which we've never gotten to see before yeah uh space flutes I was so excited to see space flutes. Like they're different yeah. enough to just be weird. Um, also very relatable how Brasso and Zan Zan are talking about how Who's Zan Zan is. I don't know if that's if I'm saying his name right. He's the one that Cassian talked to on the phone, and then he talks to Brasso and says like, "Hey, I talked to Cassian. He knows about Marva." 
It's either the one that jumps on the back of the stormtrooper and then gets shot off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does die. I said no one dies. He does die, yeah. They're having this conversation in the middle of a busy street. And they're like, walk with me. Let's talk about it. And then one of them says, you can't be too careful. And it's like, are you guys being careful? You're talking about it in the middle of the street. And now a guy who doesn't like Cassian overheard you and is now telling the Imperials, like, bro, like, Go because they're not private. spies they're just yeah. people messing yeah. up right and i'm like yeah i would probably do that too yeah um the uh marva thing that uh Barrasso, uh relays to cassian she says it's not your fault it was already burning he was just the first the spark the first spark of the fire I don't really know what that means. Um, but then he knows everything he needs to know and feels everything he needs to feel. When those two come together, he will be an unstoppable force for good. I love him more than anything he could do wrong. First of all, props to Barrasso for remembering that. I'm like, word for word. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it was like my friend's dying, you know, words right. to her son, I would I would definitely try to remember it. But the, um, I could love him more than anything he could do wrong was, uh, I started crying. Me too. Like maybe it's because I'm a mom or because I have a mom um, could be either of those things, but that was very uh, just really moving. And to have that like tender mom speech to Cassian and then to get up there in her like posthumous speech to everyone and be so like, like she's sparking the rebellion, but then has like these soft little words for Cassian. It was like a nice, like that's the duality of Marva. Like she loves him. He obviously feels terrible that he left. Um, but then she's able to get up there and be like, uh, fight the empire. Do we have her speech? Spoken. Of course. Um, I have uh, some of it. <clears throat> so she says, uh, first of all, she says, I was six the first time I touched a funerary stone which I thought was interesting because Cassian says to Jen that he's been in this fight since he was six years old. Um, she talks about sleeping. We've been sleeping. They left us alone. Like we traded with them and, and they left us alone and we forgot about them because we had each other. We had Ferrix. Uh, then the absolute bangers. There is a wound that won't heal at the center of the galaxy, a darkness reaching like rust into everything around us. We let it grow. I like that. She said, we let it grow. Um, the empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. Perhaps it's too late. If I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start. And then she says, fight the empire. My one criticism that I will say, and you can agree or disagree. I don't know if you've seen those things where they're like, every PG-13 movie gets one fuck they can say. Um, I would have liked uh, to see her say, fuck the empire. Um, I, but that's I think- just me. <laughs> that's just because I think I like, I know how much Fiona Shaw swears like in her real life. So I would have liked to hear it from Fiona Shaw. Is that her actress? Yeah. I I feel like, um, I'm not going to get distracted. I I feel like Disney, Marvel, that whole thing, they have a different set of... It's a shame. uh, She did say bastards. There's never been an F-bomb in a Marvel movie. Yeah. And they won't won't do it in Star Wars either. But I will agree that if 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 there was one time, you know... But there's been more cursing in this show yeah. than ever in any Star Wars ever. They, they said shit. Sorry, I don't know if yeah. I don't know what how PG thirteen our podcast. No, is. you can do whatever you want. They've said bastard a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember the first shit. I'm like, 
that's, that's new <laughs> i don't even register like the shits like in real life like i don't register it but for star uh, wars yeah that's never happened there it's think of think of how han solo talks and that's the dirtiest you'll ever yeah. get you say oh, yeah. I'll, I'll see you in hell <laughs> you know that kind of thing or there's like star wars versions of cursing yeah. right that came later but even like think of it just like what 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 is the standard is it dank ferrick is that what right we're kind of yeah. a dank ferrick now um you know i think the if i could do it again i'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start is probably my favorite line of that but it was one of those things where it was like how long are they gonna let this go on and you can see that main guy being like i she's going she's going too far but then when she says i'd be fighting these bastards he's like nope nope it's yeah. over and then he kicks B2 Emo over. And I was like, why is this man still alive? Um, I wanted him to die. I wanted him to die immediately after doing that. I want his cape, though. And I, I, I just... Cape's cool. The only time... When do we ever see good guys in capes? Lando has a cape. We know that. Do we see other good guys in capes? It tends to be a status it's symbol, a, It's right? a cape poncho. It's I, a poncho, I yeah. I, mean, yeah, I don't mean, be like the costume nerd here. But it's the same style poncho <laughs> they wore in Rogue One, like the rain gear. Is yeah. it? But the back is open, so the belt keeps the front in place, and the back is open, so it's technically like a poncho thing. Oh. It's not a cape, but well, it has it has the, it evokes nature of a cape. And I'd also say yeah. Luthen in an episode where he goes to meet the ISB a plant, and that the he goes to the top and that whole Shakespearean moment where the door yeah. is open. Mm -hmm. He has a very cape silhouette. I think yeah. it's a coat. But when you said about when do good guys wear capes, I remember the just seeing him. I'm like, oh my gosh, for a second he looks like. He's a Jedi or he's a Vader or something, you know what I mean? Um, Some people said it was because of the catwalk. You never, you never see a friend on a catwalk. That's a really good point. You know, you never see a friend on a catwalk. Something bad's going down if you're on a catwalk at a high place. Right. Yeah. Uh, Brasso also knocks the dude out with Marva's. Uh, with his brick, stuff. yes. I think she would have loved that. Loved it. Yeah, that was lovely. Jen, I don't know. We, we, uh, was it last episode, Sarah? The episode before where I said something that broke us because uh, I had seen, I saw it on Twitter. Oh yeah, it was last episode. Was it last episode? Yeah. Jen, uh, I want to see if this will break you. How do I? Uh, everybody of Ferrix when they when they turn to ash, they get turned into a brick, right? They get cremated, they get turned into a brick. And Cassian will never. He was turned to ash, but will never become a brick on Ferrix. okay but like but see what but look what he did with his life though i think it's okay i i think it's so okay. i i've gotten over it but it broke a like it broke me when i when i first heard it but when somebody said he is the brick for the the rebellion also yeah, the death star plans are his brick yeah think of it that way yeah also to be fair now that i see clem's brick they do seem to be more decorative than load bearing <laughs> Okay. um yeah right. so maybe it's meaningless um but um is i think it's it's pock the the one that was killed uh his son is the one that's making the bomb i didn't put Someone two else. together until mr plow i think in the comments said that yeah because he has the hologram up of his dad yeah he's his dad looking was at his dad while he's building the bomb interrogated using the same techniques they did on Bix. yeah he died and the the bomb goes off but then it knocks over all the bombs that the Imperials brought to this yeah. funeral. So like, that's kind of on them. Like if <laughs> you didn't have a crate of bombs, 
it wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a bigger explosion, I think, than he intended, but also a VIP of this episode. MVP. Um, I Darth, watch sports. <laughs> Darth Chaco brings up uh, a good uh, thing. The stormtrooper that goes up to the tower, um, Darth Chaco says, disagree. <laughs> I want the stormtrooper got to top the tower to have a falling, a falling F. Oh, a fuck to say fuck. Yeah. As, oh, as he's he, did he get a Wilhelm scream? He did not get a Wilhelm scream. That's tragic. Yeah. But somebody online, because everybody's digging like Andor and not digging Andor, digging Andor, yes, but like into it, trying to be like, what is the symbolism? What's all this stuff? The stormtrooper just thought like the anvil guy would just stop. Like that's fear for you, right? Like yeah. a stormtrooper comes up and he's just like, I'll put down my hammers. I guess that's yeah. it. Because the stormtrooper didn't come up, shoot him. He just was like, Also, Stop. like, it's too, like, what do you think? You think that's gonna, you think everyone's hypnotized? Like, when the anvil stops? I think it's just more that it's bothering them. It's like, it's not, right. you know, he's riling everybody up. But everybody's it's a riling, up. yeah. Um, the music is so good. Also, the the music that they're playing as they are slowly marching, is yeah. the, it's in the opening they logo. do the opening theme in bad logo. marching band where i'm um, like oh is that like, what it is but they're playing the opening theme of the show before the show starts with yeah. those instruments oh you know it's like a little bit out of tune like yeah. a, like a community band would sound i mean yeah. they're they're fine but they're not like pros i thought that that was a big clue like oh we're gonna this is gonna be a funeral procession i i thought it was funny that they'd said like we let them have 40 people <laughs> so much more than 40 people um but they started early which throws them off their game and then yeah. the moment that i started crying that was the most inexplicable moment that i started crying in this episode was when the music stopped and then it picks up faster i don't know why but i broke into tears i was like this is like when they were like we're doing it and they like started like going like briskly walking towards the imperial like barricade i started crying and I was like, I don't know why this is making me cry, but it made me cry. Like, openly. No, the whole show is like a painting. It's so beautiful. And it's it's so well put together. The, there's just these great cinematic moments that, that I, I felt that too. I don't know if I teared up at that, but just like people picked up the pace and like the shot changed and the scale. And listen, you guys know I love The Mandalorian, but like the, I... I I think stuff shot in the volume. I'm going to miss this. You know what I mean? They shot in the UK and places and it's like huge and epic and big. And there's two stories and, you know, it's very real. I, I just think the look of it, I think it contributes to these moments, these feelings, you know? Yeah. I, me. I, I, no, that's something that just happened in, in house of the dragon is uh sorry Dimitri no, <laughs> to do it every episode um Game of Thrones was largely shot on location and then House of the Dragon is shot in the volume oh. and you can absolutely tell absolutely it's tell. A bummer. side note there's no climbing stairs in the volume it's one story yeah, yeah. and here we're like flying up and like, it's huge you know uh my daughter's dad now works for like a visual arts college um that works with lucasfilm and he gets to go to the volume so that's cool wow for him um <laughs> i like, take me with you uh cinta stabs 
that guy. She she follows him. She stabs. I really like that stab. And real dirty of, stab. What's up? It's like a dirty stab. It was okay. a dirty yeah. stab, but like there was something about seeing. Uh, uh, a brown woman stab uh, a colonizer, a fascist, uh, whatever you want to call him, fucking asshole. <laughs> like, there was something about there was an extra layer, at least for me. Uh, I, I went and saw Black Panther on Monday night, so I get I, I get that connection. Now. And she doesn't hesitate. There's no yeah. moment of like, uh oh, no, she's. She's she's an operative. She we were talking on the show about her that she is a true believer, maybe one of the most that we've seen in the show. We we haven't gotten to get like peel her her layers back yet, yeah. but seeing her, it was what I liked about it too was just it was it was just no qualms, nothing. Just you're a spy. You got to go. You know. Here's the question that people bring up online. Cinta killed the wife and child, right? In episode six. They show it? No. Or it's assumed. No, but now I'm pretty sure. She wouldn't have left them alive to point them back to the trail of them. True, because the only face they had was Cassian somehow or a name. They didn't have, they didn't have anybody. But they had her face. They did? Like she's in, she's in front. She's not wearing a mask. When she shoots the guy in the first time, they take right, the family. Right, what I'm saying is that that's why you're saying that she killed everybody because no one is left alive that has seen her. Oh, yeah, that we see. Right. Like, we don't see any of those characters afterwards. Right. She just strolls out. So she had to have killed them or else they'd be after her because the wife and kid would be like, "It's she, this is what she looks like. Yeah. You know, this is what she sounds like, the whole thing. So, yeah, I think just the math of that says, sure, she killed them. Maybe in a nice way. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, though. In like a of mice and men sort of way. No, maybe in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's a like... nice way, right? Look but at the poor kid didn't do anything wrong. He didn't even want to be there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But yeah, he's dead. I mean, that's how it goes. I guess a more cruel, but also less violent. I don't know. She could have cut their tongues out. Then what are they going to do? Draw a picture. I think she like uh, she just cut off the oxygen to the room, so they went to sleep. Uh, Why are we Cinder, talking about them? What a weird thing to be talking about. <laughs> but yeah, it does dead. not seem like a half measures cut their tongue out type person. No, I think if she's gonna do that, she's gonna kill him. Yeah, she's cold as ice, and I love her. Um, Mister Plow says Cinta's introduction was the medic, right? Yeah, she. I mean, yeah, she was patching up Cassian. Oh, yeah. I That's think it was just like she has this knowledge. I don't think she specifically, but they said like the young ones are the true believers and it was her and Nemec. Yeah. By the way, just a side note, we don't have to get into it, but this show makes me want to play a Star Wars TTRPG. Like, I want to play a tabletop, like, and create our characters and stuff. Like, that's what I was thinking after the show was over. I was like, ah. Oh, I want to play characters like these. I feel like this is the chance you would get to be able to do that where everyone doesn't pick a Jedi. Like when yes. my students, I did a D&D &D club with them and we had a group of like seven rogue elves. And I was like, guys, I know it sounds like it's the coolest, but this is going to be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't and know. They were like, we're 14. And I was like, okay. What's what's enough. insufferable is me playing bards and charismatic characters. That's pretty insufferable. <laughs> and I tend to do that. So um my my kids, my kids DD group was called the Avengers of Murder. So <laughs> they're like the Avengers, but of murder. That was their tagline. That, you yeah. gotta avenge something. Murder's not a bad one. Yeah. So. Um, so we got a couple of comments from the uh from the from the chat. Mr. Plow says it's a shank and she didn't care that her hands were dirty. No, she did not care. Uh, her obs- Oh, Darth Chaco says Cinta's obsession with the ISB agent at the expense of her relationship did kind of hurt, though. Yeah. Like I said, I want Vel and, and Cinta to be in love, in like love, love. Do we see what happened to them at the end? Where did they go? Where did they end up? We don't They just see, pack right? up and leave, right? That's the yeah. last time we see them. Oh, right. They're packing up. Yeah together yeah right yeah so you listen they're gonna share they're gonna have a little uh romantic space flight baby they're you hauling it they're gonna move in together um (laughs) and they they were roommates yeah history will say they were roommates (laughs) uh darth chaco says the way the camera showed the distance between the two of them was great visual storytelling because she walks in and she's by the window and, and she says something like, come stand closer to me or stand something like do something that shows me that you care that I'm physically in your presence. She says something yeah. about that. And, and and Brandon's right that there's this distance. Yeah. yeah. She says like, nice to see you too, or something like kind of passive aggressive. Yeah. Because she's like, no, this, the casting came in and the spot, the ISB's here. And I, mm-hmm. I'm busy. I couldn't come get you at the airport. Yeah, like, I couldn't come get you at the airport. <laughs> right. And she's like, but I love you. And she's like, listen, I, we're on, we met through work. I'm working, you know? Yeah. Well, did they meet through work? I don't know. Maybe. I, I assumed they're both rebels and that's how they met because they're doing rebel stuff. I mean, we don't know a lot about Cinta. I didn't realize yeah. that we don't, we don't find out later until that Vel's Mon's cousin, which kind of seemed unnecessary to me, but, it, but maybe that'll make more sense in the next season. We haven't gotten that kind of any sort of, deep dive on Cinta yet we don't know what her story is where she's coming from how she got to the rebellion anything like that I think uh I think where we see these characters come from determines it's their experiences that determine what type of rebel they are and how involved they are right right everyone's gonna have a rebel origin story you know right but what kind of rebel like it used to be that we were all like in in Star Wars in the original trilogy like they're all rebels Everybody from all these different walks of life come to the same. They're all meeting at the same point. But in this, like Luthen's a different type of rebel than 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 Krieger, the little that we know. Different than Sagarera, different than different Mon. Than Mon. Yeah. Right. But they all end up at the Masasi Temple on Yavin Four, right? Like or whatever maybe maybe they right. all end up there if they're not dead i don't know but the point being is that like <laughs> not cassie in the original trilogy all the rebels we know are on yavin 4 at the masasi temple because by then they've organized there is right. a rebel alliance and at this point there isn't yet it's it's this faction this separatist and this all those cool words that that, that saw had and um partisans and blah, blah, blah. so they're not like working together and that's what i feel like luthan is trying to do, but even Luthen's doing his own thing and sacrificing Krieger, you know. Yeah. There needs to be unity. And that's, I I would guess, as we're going to talk about what's going to happen in season two, that that's what we're going to start pulling towards, going to start pulling everybody together. 
because that's what needs to happen. Obviously, that's an obviously easy thing for me to say because we know it's what happens by the time we get to a new hope in Rogue One that there's there is a organized rebel alliance and we don't have that yet. Right. I mean, I feel like the last of the old guard was Saw, the last of the the rebels, the factions. But like in in Rogue One, was Saw even helping the rebels at that point, or was he just kind of the crazy guy in the corner? And the rebel, the rebellion had passed him up at that point. Well, that's what Jen says. She's like, you're all rebels, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, but Saw is kind of an extremist. He's caused some problems, you know? So he's not a part of like the political structure of the rebel alliance with like senators and they have votes. Like, no, Jen, we can't go to Scarif because we just voted, you know, whereas we don't have any of that now. We're just like Luthen and Saw and Krieger and they've named, they named some, some uh, they named some more in that list that I can't think of right now. Pam. <laughs> Pam. Pam. Jim. <laughs> Dwight. A Star Wars, Wars name. <laughs> Michael. It's, it's Pam, but with two M's. So it's Star Wars. And like uh, an apostrophe and a Z. <laughs> has anyone has anyone memed prison Mike? Pam. <laughs> in in the in the prison. Has anyone put prison Mike in there? That's his name, right? Prison Mike? <laughs> yeah, Prison Mike. Who's then, Prison Mike? Which one? It's Michael Scott, but in it, it, with a bandana. Yeah, he says the worst thing about prison was the Dementors. <laughs> yeah. So has anyone memed Prison Mike in that oh, in that prison? Oh, Darth Chaco says Chaco he's going says to. He's All right, it. take it, take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can have that meme. That meme's for you. <laughs> I I want to do a meme where it's it's the community meme where it's like I can excuse blah blah blah, but I draw the line at blah blah blah. But I want to do, I can excuse fascism, but I draw the line at tipping B2, B2 emo over. Like everybody was don't upset that about droid. that. Like fascism, okay, but don't you dare hurt that droid. I want hashtag justice for B2 emo. Yeah. He's okay. I'm glad he was okay. I thought I opening the show, I'm like, if someone's going to go, it could be him because we'll all get so upset. But he made it. He's okay. He's on the ship. He got pulled like a little string toy. Yeah, he, All had the way to say, he had to say goodbye to Cassian. And he's like, oh, you always joy. say that, Cassian. He's like, you always pull through for me, B2. I was like... <laughs> Cassian didn't know he was going to He would see him again, droids. right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Cassian ever thought he would see him again. It's so sad. That's, uh, again, consistent theme of Star Wars is how you treat your droids. Yes. Yep. One exception is is Din Djarin, who does not like droids, but that's because they like killed his family, right? I mean, the separatist, this yeah, the the separatist droids are a little bit different, but and bounty droids get fuzzy because yeah. they're you know bounty hunters. It's 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 well, it's the idea that like any group of people are ca- capable of bad things, any individual person, but judging all droids by, you know. The thing that happened to, to to Din isn't fair to all droids, you know. But it's, it's tough okay. to Sarah's point, though. If you lived through those battles and encountered battle droids, I that's pretty valid, right? You know, right. But we don't like when you think of the original trilogy when, when you first saw it, and, and you didn't know about those things. Like you just see droids and see these little happy helpers. Those are the droids we're talking about. But it's an interesting level now that that you know that. You know, what separatist droids did. I think a lot of people would feel how how Din Jarn did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if we're talking real life, it'd be like 
you know, I don't know, people who bring up like wars in other countries and like a group of people come in and they burn their village to the ground. And then like now they're in America and they're old and they're like, I don't like this group of people. And it's like, right. You know, I was going to say a less controversial. I was going to say, like, if you get mauled by a dog and then you don't like dogs anymore. Sure. Yeah, that works. You blame all dogs. All dogs are the same, right? Yeah. But look, I it's important to accept people that you love, even though they have flaws. So that's how I feel about Din Djarin and his dislike of droids. But he gets you know, over it, I can right? look past his He life. gets over Yeah, because right. that one sacrifices its life for him. <laughs> He's yeah. reprogrammed as a nurse droid. Yeah, IG, protects, yeah. 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 He's a little better. I, I, I also think it's a, it's a broader, in, in the Star Wars universe, it's a broader uh, look at like sentience as a what purpose does it serve me versus they are autonomous beings literally autonomous right but like you know yeah, what I mean? there's there's a lot of sticky uh debates about you know the sentience of of droids in star wars and how often they just get like kind of exploded while they're helping out with x-wings but yeah you know. but and that's your point dimitri is that do you see them as just these machines that are talking or do you see them as like people right my friends, you know, right, and that's what you mean about like how you view droids is is a pretty instant judge of character in Star Wars. The Imperials right, have like, only a couple of different droids, right? They have that little mouse droid that's doing, and they don't talk. Well. They have uh, the they interrogator, don't really talk. right? Pokey one, the probe they, droid, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I wish that that droid's like technical name was Pokey One. What'd you say? Because you said they have the probe droid, he's the pokey one, and I was like, I hope that's his like pokey, pokey like B2 one. emo pokey one. Oh, the, the interrogator. That was droid, a right? terrible joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poke, pokey. Yeah, like uh, uh, Leia's is that her cousin? That's like, why are you not? Why do you say thank you to droids? Yeah, yes. She's like, because I'm not a jerk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we see it. We see it uh, a lot in every single one of these these shows. Uh, you know. Um, I don't know I'm what interested, Mr. Oh, was that? I'm interested in if we ever get to see anyone on that that spaceship again. I'm assuming we do, because we have Brasso, we have Pox Kid, we have oh. uh, Bix, Bix, and Eno, and, and and the pilot. The name who I forgot. She's the daughter of Ferrix. The daughter of Ferrix. Yeah. Who's trying yeah. to get her to take her medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there another guy, an older gentleman? Was he fueling the ship? He's the guy that runs the shipyard. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Was he on the ship though? Yeah. I don't think he got on it. I don't think because the Imperials are going to come in said, and kill everybody. He, he asked if if the if the ship can make it, and he said if they make it out of here. So I oh. don't think there's right. not a third yeah. person. But like pronouns. the Imperials are going to raise that place to the ground, right? They're going to yeah. raise Ferrix to the like. After an uprising, the Imperials are just going to be okay with it? No, I I think it's... Uh, I think we're not going to ever find out. Because I think you're right. You know what I mean? I think it's going to have a mysterious fate like a... Aldani? Nope. Oh. What's the we'll name never, of the... Because, because to your point, everyone we cared Inari. about on that planet either died 
yeah. or, or left. Yeah. So we're done. We're done. Yeah. We're not going back. Just like we're never going to see what happens to Kino because that part of the story is done. Kino's never coming back. That's, I mean, I'd be, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm not, I, I would be surprised if he comes back. I wouldn't hate the idea, but like, it's unnecessary. Yeah. But I don't think Kino's coming back. No, I would be surprised if he did. There'd be no point. I trust the writers. Every flaw, yeah, every like question <laughs> or flaw, I'm like, why is this a thing? There's it's, one it's thing I'm out. having trouble trusting the writers on, and uh-huh. that is why did we spend so much time in the first episode talking about Cassie and sister if we were never going to mention it again? I'm like, that is a, I know that the show is a slow burn, but that's a real, like, if there's not going to be literally any relevance to it. They brought uh, up a couple why? things to do with that. Whatever happened on that planet, we yeah. don't know. He was looking for his sister. And then Marva, when he leaves, Marva's like, one last thing, don't go looking for your sister. And it's like, that's a season are we going to just thing. drop a mention of it every like five episodes? <laughs> like That's a season two, but, thing, right? Yeah, it has to be. But then also, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we, because the flashbacks to, to Canari served a purpose, even if the purpose wasn't he has a sister. You know, it it did seem, you know, it it filled out his story. It gave you a lot more information about him. It's how he got with Marva. Like all those things about his early life. I think it's just interesting that I was like, yeah, they really dropped. They they played heavy on that the first couple episodes. And then we're like, because your point is they could have gotten to those flashbacks in many, many ways, not through this very specific and very personal way. You know, I actually completely not forgot about it, but like, oh yeah, that was that's how the show starts. He's going yeah. to a brothel. Kids, this isn't for you. Yeah. You know, and look looking for his sister. Um, and then that wasn't a part of it all, but maybe, yeah, like at all. Yeah. Because then we find out about his adoptive parents, his parents, and um, and we focus more on them and flashbacks with them and how he came to Ferrix and the whole thing, which is also important. Yeah yeah but then like in between us organizing the rebel alliance in season two we're gonna find out where his sister is i don't know Uh, i think that's a weird thing to write it's a weird thread yeah it's easy to it's because he meets so many randos it was just so random and like to mention it so much in like the first couple of episodes and then mention it once in like episode whatever that was seven it's like, if you're going to have to remind us that it happened in season two, why didn't you just save it for season two? But that's just, I mean, I think, I think the weird part is mentioning it again in episode seven, like mentioning it, having it kind of be the plot of why he was on that, you know, why he was on Marlana one, like why that was happening at the very beginning. And then much later down the road, we can be like, oh, right. That's how this whole thing started. But then it was very weird to me that that Marva mentioned it again. The last thing was like, make sure you don't go looking for your sister. I was like, or is the whole point that she's gone and it, it's over and it's just this is and even it's a futile search for her. But this is how we get to her backstory. But then tell us that. But yeah, I guess there'd I be no confused. way to know that. Yeah. I trust. I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back in two years and be like, oh, yep, that was a. All right, Tony Gilroy, as you knew what you were talking about, you know. I trust that it'll it'll work out. Here's the question. Why is Andor so good? 
we know like how we know all these things the things that we like but like why is this show so different than the other shows might i say that i think it's because they know their 24 step story they know their story in 24 steps which are episodes right i feel like this season finale didn't feel like a season finale because season finales of shows are sometimes like up in the air like we end things we have a cliffhanger and things end big it might be the end of the show things are big but then this they're like we're gonna get a 13th chapter after this 12th right we're gonna get another season we don't have to finish all our storylines in episode 12 we have a guaranteed 24 is that what makes it different i think that i think to your point the time that they have time to spread out and do character in a way that very few shows get to do like this, especially on Disney Plus, you know, I think that's what's made it good is so to point that they have 24 steps, that they're taking 24 steps, but that they have 24 steps, you know, they're not telling the story in four episodes or six or eight or whatever they're do they, they got 12 and a lot of them were pretty close to an hour. They had a lot of time to do a lot of things. They were able to explain things. They didn't have to rush stuff, you know. You're right. They're I not hitting over the head. Was it, that you, said it earlier? They're not hitting. Yeah, I was thinking about the, the Death Star thing at the end. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I got it. You know, it feels to me a kind of like how, uh, like they have like the last movie of a franchise. Now the big thing to do is to split it up into two. You know, the you know Deathly Hallows Part One and then Part Two. It feels like that. It feels like the first half of Andor ended, you know? So it feels like there's a very clear, like, okay, we're setting people up for the next stage of the journey. Um, and I think, uh, uh, Mr. Plow, hey, you said it in the chat, this idea of like the three episode arcs, I think might've been why this felt a little bit quieter because if it's like build up, build up, you know, big episode. And then this one was like a two-parter, you know, it's a little bit smaller, it's a smaller chunk. So the payoff, you know, I, I still think that the the battle of the, and, and I think, hold on, I'm or my thought is organizing as I'm talking. <laughs> the idea that it's not a shootout between Cassian and Deidre. It's not mm -hmm. a Luthan versus, it's the people of Ferrix versus the Imperials. Yes. All the other stuff is going on in the background is kind of the thesis of the whole show. It's not gonna be a Cassian shootout it's not gonna be a showdown at the okay corral between Cassian and Deidre because it's really about the people of Ferrix versus the Imperials it's about the rebellion and that's the rebellion isn't all about Cassian and I think that's the thing about the show is there are moments sometimes where you're like oh right we have to talk about Cassian you know he's supposed to be the start you know but it's like it's it's about the rebellion it's about Cassian of course but it's about the birth of the the rebellion and what that means and kind of seeing it is a microcosm like through Cassian but how it stems out to Ferrix as a whole that the big thing is Ferrix rebelling not necessarily a personal beef between Deidre and, and Cassian or Cyril and Cassian but the way that Cyril doesn't care about Cassian at all because he sees Deidre there is also hilarious to me like his whole thing yes was like i, I gotta to get, get back to fairness cassie is the reason yeah. my life yeah ruined. and then he's like deidre's here 
It's like the big heart eyes. And but then, in like, a totally creepy, random yeah. way that I'm still not even sure if he's in love with her. Like, I don't, st- I still don't get it. It's kind, it's, it's horrible, but it's kind of fascinating. Like I've never yeah. seen this before. I just, I'm, cause like, listen, we've all seen a million TV shows, movies. We know all the tropes. We know how these stuff is made and how it's acted, how it's told in a visual way. I've never seen this. Like, I don't know what that, I know we're, we've already talked about this. I don't know what's going on there. And that fascinates me. I was yeah. saying what, what you're saying, Sarah, about the show, like the, now is the finale about the people becoming rebel rebels and find the empire that's what the whole it, it was a long path that's what happened to cassian the the show is about cassian becoming a diehard rebel from the beginning to the end of the show so that little battle not little the big battle at the end is what happens to our hero too it just you know we see it in a much bigger 12-part story i like that though i like you know it's it's this the there's always the big third act big battle and we didn't have that we had a we had a street skirmish it was nice i think it's because we know that andor isn't in big danger right we know he lives we know right so why why have him have a showdown with anyone when you know he's gonna walk out okay right exactly let's put our eggs in another basket which is the people which is someone kicked that droid over and i am fierce at least he got kicked in the chest immediately after he did that i also, love Brasso, chest kicks Brasso, like episode after episode just killing it just yeah. truly one of the most he's a, i mean he's a, a tank though right yeah um somebody in the That's chat what... <laughs> i think it was mr plow that brought up in the chat that he's also smart too like when he was mm. doing the alibi in the first episode he was rolling oh, yeah. with it right that's why it made me so mad when the guy that was trying to wait, hold on. I wrote his name down. Uh Nurchi, the guy who was like snitching to the Imperials. Oh. When he when he was like, Man, could you imagine your mom dies? And then Brasso puts her brick. And I was like, I would be honored for Brasso to put my mother's brick in the wall yes. if I could not make it. Like, how dare you talk bad about Brasso like that? I I would trust him to handle that handle True. things. Yeah. yeah. I would trust, a nurturing I would friend trust or whatever. That big alien guy? I don't know. In the first episode? The aliens kind of, uh, they paired them away. It was a very human forward show. Obviously the prison was, that was very, you know, there was no aliens in the prison. We saw all those people. Yeah. And I noticed that in the Ferrex thing too, like in the in the first few street scenes in the first few episodes, there were way more aliens than there were mm-hmm. at the end. I don't think there were any... Um, but you know who knows that's uh the imperials are pretty anti uh, uh yeah, maybe pre-human supremacist human supremacists yeah got out of dodge and maybe that's part of their imperials. presence they were just made to feel not welcome we, maybe that's like a subtle thing that happened there since we, they began their occupation we we talked about it last week how like it seems that the aliens get taken to like mines and slave camps like we see in solo you know the brute force stuff um and it seems like the prisoners at least get fed and like, right, like whatnot, right? So it's a little bit different. Um, but at the same time, like if I'm thinking about like allegories and whatnot, Ferrix is kind of like a coal mining town where it's you know they're they're an industrial town. They're like 
I don't know whether they're going to have the aliens there. They've been around for a long time. They're very like isolated and they serve the purpose of the empire as like a one, like one very specific niche, you know, I don't know, but there was a guy who looked like, and I, for some reason, I, I remember this guy's name, Garindin. Uh, I looked, I looked him up. He's in, Oh, he's is in, that the one alien extra that was like, that has this mask really eating it up into like every scene, like hamming it up in the background. This, the guy with the snout mask. Maybe that's who I'm talking about, but there's a guy in a new hope called Grindin. And it says it's, he's a long snooted Kubaz. So I'm sure <laughs> it's the same, same species, but on Ferrix, he gets beaten. I think in in this riot scene, he's part the of the riot. Scene? Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just delighted by it. I learned the word snooted, long snooted. Is that that? I mean, that's what it says. All Garindin also called long snoot was a kubaz. Love it. So I don't. The snout is short and a snoot is long. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I just love how it's not a word, but we all know exactly. Oh yeah, it's a snoot. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Star Wars loves to do that. Take a word that we kind yeah. of like already know, and then kind of a, a jizz yeah, band. Star Wars, a jizz band. A jizz band. By the way, I just wanted to make this joke. When I see the flutes, then I think about Lizzo, but then I think about Star Wars music. Would she be called Jizzo? Just ask him. We're supposed to laugh. I'm sorry. That's very clever. <laughs> Thank you. I will wait here as long as it takes, as long as it takes to get that laugh. Thank you. I saw um, a TikTok of someone that was like a band teacher that was doing uh, Star Wars music. And they were like, I don't know why I told them what it was called. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I told this group of high schoolers what it was called. No, I don't know, it just came out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Yeah. It's music. Yeah. Um, Next season supposed to be every three episodes, we get a year further. So in other words, a time oh. jump after every three episodes. That's what that's what I've heard. Um, I foresee a big time jump after this episode. Then because this is five years before the uh, Battle of Yavin, then we'll get four years after the Battle of Yavin, three years after the Battle or before, sorry, four years, three years, two years, one year. That's 12 episodes. Uh, and all I can see is that I think the guy in Rogue One that he kills will probably be a character in this show. I think they're gonna make us like him, and then he's like, <laughs> he's going, he's he's going to kill him in Rogue One because they knew each other, right? Yeah. Oh, the guy I can't climb because of my arm at the very beginning. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they brought Melshi in, right? Yeah. I I look forward to to uh to meeting a K2SO. Oh yeah. But I don't know if B2Emo and K2SO are on the screen at the same time, my heart may explode. I don't know if I could handle that. Right. I've said this, but you guys all remember when the show was announced at whatever that was, D23, 2019, and the two people that came out were Diego and Alan Tudyk. Like the way they kind of sold, like this is I think, oh I, my impression of it. Like a buddy cop. I wasn't in the room, but watching the panel later, this is going to be like a buddy cop spy show. I'm like, this is going to be great. And not only was um, K2 not in it, there would be no place for K2 in it. Yeah. It just makes me curious where. And then I think Tudyk was doing his show on sci fi, The Resident Alien. So I, I 
you know, and I think interview for that, he was just like, yeah, no, I maybe season two. I don't know. Yeah. It always makes me curious where, where the story started for an idea or if they had an idea. And then yeah. once they started writing, they're like, well, wait a minute, this might be more interesting. Yeah. Like what, because of K2's personality, I'm interested in how he fits in, you know, if it'll be, this is weird, but like kind of like a tonal shift, like how much the tone will shift with the time jumps. Cause I'm assuming that if we do a big time jump before the first episode of season two, like we're going to have Cassian and Luthen like gelling, you know, like they right. are going to be working together um, fairly well. Like it will be an established like partnership relationship, you know, operative type thing. Um, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm so sad that, I mean, I think it started filming like this week or something for season really? two. Like any day now or this yeah. week or something. Um, I just, I, Diego Luna is so underrated as an actor, even on his own show, um, where yeah. it's like just the little moments that you have with Cassian are so good. Like him when Bix, when they're like, you're not coming, and then Bix goes, he'll find us. And then Cassian goes, I will. Right. I'll, I'll find you. And I was like, <laughs> I talked to my students the other day about foreshadowing about how, like, anytime a character says, like, I'll tell you about it when I get back, like, they're dead. Like they're never gonna, they're yeah. either dead or they're never gonna see each other. They're never again. gonna see each other again. You can so spot him a mile away. Him earnestly looking into her eyes and saying, I will find you. I was like, you're never gonna see her again, Cassian. I was like, but I mean, that's what we thought last time. Well, but, listen, but the, I, I, everyone who's not in Rogue One is, is not gonna make it through the second season. Yeah. I mean, that's a, and you know, uh, the idea. So for me, it was so when. Uh, when Cassian last sees Bix before this, she has an absolute scorcher where he says, you know, forget about me or something like, you know, for, you know, pretend, you know, you don't know me, like forget about me. And she says, um, I've done it before. And I was like, oh, and then for her here to say like, he'll find us. Like I have faith that he'll find us broke me. Yeah. And Bix humming the song through the bars Bix listening to it through the bars and then like not wanting to leave at first because they'll get mad. Like the the way they broke Bix down. I think she's such a strong character and how badly broken down she was shows how horrible that shit they did to her must have been. It was just heartbreaking. It's right, but also shows danger. because it killed the other guy how strong she is that it didn't I kill her. Think, right. Didn't they hang him? Oh, because he was all giddy to hang him. So they oh, that's left. Right. Like, what yeah. should I do with him? And she says, I don't care. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to hang him. She's like, cool. Yeah. I don't, I really just don't they, care. They left him in there looking terrible so that she would see how terrible he looked. And then, yeah, he was right. like, ah, it's going to hang him. And I was like, that's disgusting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, the, what, the, what the Empire and Ferrix chooses to be brutal about is so random. Like, so they hang him, a guy who did oh, kind of nothing, not yeah. nothing, but like he had the, the radio and whatever. But then in the they start rioting and they don't bust blasters out until like the riot gets mm -hmm. to like six levels. You know, I'm like, that's they're not using deadly force yet. I'm sort of surprised. Oh, yeah. They try not to kill Cassie and they want to take him alive because Deidre was really upset, like really forceful yeah. about that. But I just the Empire, I know, was like started just blasting left and right. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, the and one the guy got on a turret successfully hitting people. The one stormtrooper on a turret. Like, yeah, it's going for it. It's just like, oh, shit. Um, 
there uh, i i feel like re-watching this whole series from start to finish again because like yeah there's so much i do right. feel like deidre is gonna have a bit of a fall that's gonna let that's gonna you know necessitate i feel like cassie uh cassian dear god i'm sorry cassian cyril is not on her level but after this when she was like no snipers uh this is probably the chat just remind me but like no snipers don't do any snipers and then this breaks out like if there were snipers would this have happened type of thing like i think it's i think everyone's report from ferrix is terrible you know she's yeah. she's gonna go down for ferrix the same way that cyril went down for ferrix yes now they're in the exact same situation oof yeah yeah i i i don't know what to expect from this next season um season two started filming a couple days ago and then um it's supposed to finish filming in august 2023 whoa that's that a long, long time shoot that's whoa. what i'm yeah that's what it says probably because each three episodes is a whole new place right and it's 12 hours of content i mean that's a lot yeah I movies too this is 12 i know so. i had that reaction i was like i don't know how long it takes to shoot things i've never been, i've never been on a tv set I was like, that seems like a long time yeah it it's depends like really it, i mean it always like when they say oh this this movie started like three weeks ago and they finished filming i'm like i'm, I'm a bit skeptical of that movie like did they, they spent three weeks filming okay all right Normally, I would think it would take longer, but Andor seems to be taking a long time. So, okay. Um, and when is, do you know when it's supposed to come out? I don't, I don't know. I think they just said 2024, but didn't give any details. That'll be less than two years because we're at the tail end of 2022, right? Right. So even if it's December 2024, it'll still be. It'll, that'll be two years. Two years. But like, yeah. I, uh. I hate, I'm going to hate having to wait, but we will. Yeah. Remember when we were waiting between Mandalorian seasons, season one and season two? How long we was that? The pandemic though and stuff. So yeah, we were... there was a, there was a couple other things going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Karen's nerdy creation says house of dragon. House of the dragon is a two way year wait too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Westworld had like a two year gap in between. Yes. What yeah. seasons one and two? Was that what it was? I was or like, it was, two almost, it was two, and that was almost two for the third one as well. Because yeah. that first season was 2016, and here we are in 2022, and they just did their fourth season. Yeah. I mean, that's six years from once. Yeah. Yeah. These so. big, complicated, expensive shows. It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm gl I'm happy we got this. Oh, yeah. I'm, after 12 episodes, after one season, I am... Yeah, this is my Star Wars. I I grew up with yeah. the like Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales from Jabba's Palace, you know, kind of like <sighs> anthology books where I'm learning about every random face yes. that's in like that never got a backstory gets a backstory in those like old books. That's so my after, Star Wars. After after the first season of Andor, is this your favorite Star Wars show? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite show of the year. I can't think of a. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of a show. I mean, there's other show. I I really like She Hulk, but it's so different. It's, I mean, yeah, I remember people yeah. saying, "How? Why are they showing She Hulk at the same time as Andor? That's just weird. They they don't do that. They don't show them both at once. And then when they both work going at the same time, it's just like, oh, you couldn't have two more different shows. Right? They can go at the same time. You know what I mean? 
Right. Um, Except for Dimitri, who had to do two after shows for shows at the same time. See, like, it's one at 1 a.m. and 1 10 p.m. Not only these two, Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel overlapped. Oh, yeah. That was a screw you to Miss Marvel, and that sucked. It's so strange, too, because in, like, July had nothing. Like, what? This spacing doesn't make sense to me. Like they were doing it for so long. You always had something. There was, it used to be Fridays, right? Starting with WandaVision. There's always something Friday, blah, blah, blah. They, it was seamless and they moved it to Thursday, whatever. But it was like one ended and the next one began. And then they doubled them up, but then had July was absolutely nothing whatsoever. It was strange. Yeah. But I, we're so spoiled though, too. Especially all the news about Iger and, and think, taking over and could things change, blah, 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 blah. But like we are so spoiled. We've gotten so much good storytelling um, yeah. that if they dialed it back, it'd be like, well, but wait, why? But like, we didn't have this before. You had to wait two years between movies, and we have these episodic television shows. It's been great. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to compare this one to the other. I mean, I I suddenly feel like, oh, I love the Mandalorian, but in such a different way too. You know, it's almost like that meme, like you know, Dave and John are making stories about the action figures they play with his kids, and Tony Gilroy is making a show about fascism. <laughs> You know, right. it's not even the same kind of thing. So I think I, I it's my favorite, but I love The Mandalorian too, but I, in a, a very different way. Yeah, I I feel like I agree with that meme, but like on a wholesome level, like, and yeah, I like yeah. action figures. Yeah. You know, some, I feel like it's shared derogatorily and it's like, yeah, I, I you know, sometimes I want to watch something while I'm doing a cross stitch. Exactly. And, you know, I can't, I wouldn't watch Andor while I'm doing a cross stitch. No, I'm um, watching it. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's oh. my point exactly. Is it's like I feel bad. Like, give okay, all the, the Star Wars Disney shows, I, of all the Star Wars television shows, I should say, is end of my favorite. Yes, but I feel that it's just a strange to compare this one with some of the others because they're just so, to your point, Sarah, so different. Yeah. You know, I feel like I can, yeah, I can, it's like I almost say I have more than one favorite. Right. Yeah. Like, do you like do you like pumpkin pie or chocolate cake? And you're like, well, that's two completely different desserts. I'm gonna eat them exactly. both though. Like them both. Yeah. 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 But if they okay, if you want to take the chocolate cake and the pumpkin pie or chocolate pie and pumpkin pie, whatever. After every slice of what I'm eating for Andor, I cannot wait for the next slice. Yeah. I can't. And there's a difference. Like Mandalorian and stuff is cool. It's cameos. It's fun. It's toy box stuff, right? Like there, yes. Andor isn't as fun. It's not. No, but there's oh, no it, jokes. It hits. There's me. no, there's no silly jokes in the show at all. Really? Yeah. I feel like there's there are moments that that elicit a chuckle, but yeah, there's no like. Right. I saw a meme. Someone. Uh, one of our friends on Instagram posted a thing that was like, if if a you know Andor was a Marvel movie and it was all like he's right behind me, isn't he? Like all like the jokes, and I was like, okay, I yeah, a, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> I mean, I was like, but there shouldn't be any. I mean, like, because that's the whole thing with K two, where it's like, yeah, if K two came in, he at this point in this yes. season, I don't, he'd be too funny. He wouldn't fit in. It you would know? be like, and, what show yeah. are you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas B2 with his, like, I mean, he's adorable, so he's not, like, serious, but his adorableness adds to the, like, stakes of the show somehow. Yeah. Exactly. It's that. not comedy. Right. Yeah. But, like, Mandalorian, I am I, I remember, ha like, it has funny parts, right? Like, Mandalorian's the type of one where a huge alien, like, a huge alien in a bar could be, like, 
you're talking to me and he like looks up like i don't know mandalorian has lighter yeah. moments i feel that's like my yeah. line you know it's yeah. not like a jo- haha joke funny but it's it has those moments where or, and then and then even grogu is cute in a, yeah. in a as a means to be cute unlike to your point exactly sarah b is he's cute because it makes you sad that marv is dying and that marv is gone and that he now misses cassie and like it's you know what I mean? It's not as, whereas sometimes Grogu has those emotions too, but he also has, I'm just cute for the sake of being cute, which obviously we all love too. Yeah, we all you love know? Yeah. Chocolate cake and, you know, pumpkin pie. Yeah. Was it chocolate cake and pumpkin pie or chocolate pie and pumpkin pie? I did. Cho- I said chocolate cake and pumpkin cake. pie. Oh. Two completely different. Yeah, yeah. Desserts. Things yeah. that I love very much. Right. right. But a good, but a only, good pumpkin but, pie though. Mm. But I only have a tattoo of pumpkin pie. I don't have a tattoo of chocolate cake. Are we still... Much like I have a tattoo real? of the man, much like I have a tattoo of the Mandalorian, but not Andor. Yes, I have a tattoo of pumpkin pie on my leg. Wait, is Andor the pumpkin pie or the chocolate cake? Because I feel like Mandalorian is the chocolate cake and Andor is the pumpkin pie. But it depends on what you like better, right? Uh maybe. I don't know. Let us know out there. <laughs> Everyone out there. Let us know which one's the chocolate cake and which one's the pumpkin pie. I Andor. feel like I feel like Mandalorian is the chocolate cake. And Andor is the pumpkin pie because pumpkin pie, first of all, Costco pumpkin pie is the best pumpkin pie in the world. And I feel like I only get it on special occasions, right? I'm only going to get these two seasons of Andor. You know, it's a real event that I get to have pumpkin pie. I only get it during the one season. So I love it very dearly and I savor it when I get it. Whereas any birthday party I go to, I might get chocolate cake. Right. For my birthday, I don't want pumpkin pie for my birthday. I'm not going to take a date out for like a dinner and then get pumpkin Mr. pie. Mr. Plow in the chat just said no one is ride or die for pumpkin pie. Mr. Plow just Mr. wanted Plow, the ride. How dare you? I have a pumpkin pie, ta- a sizable pumpkin pie tattoo. Mr. Plow is starting wars out there. I'm gonna sh- I'll show it. I'm wearing shorts. If it's acceptable for Twitch, then okay. Hold on. That's why this analogy depends on how you view the dessert. No, I think, right. You know. Well, I just view chocolate as like mainstream accessible, right? Like exactly. That's chocolate, oh, here you go. Right. Oh, that is. That's like. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> look at the fall leaves. Yeah, and... it's got the. Yeah, it's got fall. It's got the. Why does it look like a character from Sushi Go? It's just cute. Just it's yeah. Cute. You put a face on a on a pumpkin pie. I did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's that's why I think like chocolate cake. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> it's all you know. Uh, uh, but like, yes, I like all the Star Wars shows, and I like you know Miss Marvel and like the different Marvel shows that came out this year, and I like all that other stuff. But Andor is my number one show of the year. When we it's when the we best do a, written, it's yeah. the best storytelling for sure. I think. Yeah, when we do a best of 2022 episode oh, it'll be, at the end yeah. of the year like Andor's gonna be my number one yeah you know um I want to thank you uh both so much for coming on this show and taking time out of your night or your morning in in Jen's case wow it's three in the morning um damn Jen. uh uh and we've gone we over talked time. a long time we talked a long time <laughs> I mean I, it's a season finale it is what it is well, but we're talking the season finale and then the whole show and like the, there's a lot to talk about yeah yeah and I'm, I'm glad that you were here Jen to talk about it with us Thank you so oh, much. Oh, I'm so delighted you asked. I'm I'm glad I can make it. I, it was an honor. The honor is honor. You guys are great. Like you didn't even need me. I'm like I got I, you know. No, you no. Just great. So many How good dare thoughts. You. 
I got so excited when I found out you were going to be on the show. I was like, oh, it's Jen. It's my friend Jen. No, Sarah. I love it. You guys are great. Anytime. I'm Mandalorian season two around the corner. Three, three. Three in the morning, getting a little little punchy, but Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Mandalorian season three. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we do these for the Star Wars shows and the Marvel shows. So I'll I can't wait. To, I can't wait to on. see what obscure tiny change they make in his costume that necessitates a whole new revamp of the costume. <laughs> like they I, changed his one thigh one in the. They changed the thigh and added a knee for season two. Mm-hmm. And I thought season three, though, I, I haven't picked apart the trailer like I'm sure some have. I don't think they changed anything, but I'm I'm sure there's something. Is it changed in in the Boba Fett episodes that he's in? No. Okay. All I know is someone's got a tiny, there's a tiny Mandalorian helmet. And I don't know if it's a flashback or if that's for Grogu, but if it's for Grogu, it's Evie's going to have something <laughs> real new and shiny to wear. And, I can't <laughs> and Bo's outfit looks the same. Bo's armor, from what mm. I recall in the trailer, I was mm. I was peeking that, having made that too. I'm like, yeah, it looks the same. Mm. But that would, that would make... More, canonical sense that that wouldn't change whereas you feel like like yeah. dan he's like tinkering he's got a new piece he's shopping whatever but like night owls are like this is what i do yeah we figured out our outfit right this is my look yeah uh speaking of outfits i want to put together like a uh, like a real cool rebel kind of outfit and make an original character for a tabletop rpg and i, I a- do that'd be I awesome do- yeah. Jen, at the very top of the episode, you said that all Jedi cloaks kind of look the same. But as someone, I did so. I'm not sewing; it's not my strong suit. But I did sew Obi Wan's from the Obi Wan show, and it is needlessly complicated. Oh like, yeah! Oh yeah! The, There's... It's like the sleeve for some reason has a little flap thing where half the sleeve does. cuts, and then the fronts are like these little like wavy things. I'm like, why did you? It is <laughs> so much fabric. It's terrible. I, I, the, yeah it's like fabric origami sometimes with these costumes it's amazing it's also the like third thing i'd ever sewn from scratch so there was also that <laughs> that's you, awesome you both are doing great work uh both of you should keep it up um i'll leave that to you guys because well now i will <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like i was gonna retire. i was gonna quit yeah, yeah. i was gonna pack it up. <laughs> jen where can we find you online what's your social media um you got anything coming up uh so my social media jen markham all one word j-e-n-m-a-r-k-h-a-m on tiktok and youtube and on instagram there's an underscore between the jen and the markham so but tiktok and youtube are my main kind of things and instagram is for fun and friends kind of but follow me everywhere if you like i think probably everyone in the chat is already following me so it's okay if they aren't uh, they coming up? uh i'm working on mighty thor uh like a mighty thor costume yeah with the helmet? i started over the summer and then i had to kind of put on pause for some pro- other projects which was exciting and then i'm back to it and yeah all right making videos having fun you know i'm excited i feel like everybody and myself included like like we we you know uh got into your stuff through star wars related stuff but like you're doing thor too which is awesome it's actually the first Marvel costume I've made for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've bought a few and I made my husband's Doctor Strange, but I've never made a Marvel costume for me. I make all my Star Wars stuff. So this was a fun thing. And I bought a foam armor kit. So it was kind of like a, just to paint it and glue it and relax kind of project. So I was really enjoying doing it. I, again, I had to put something, some things on hold because I got to do a couple like 
jobs and I was just busy with that. So now that that's, uh, you know, it just kind of ebbs and flows of what's going. So I'm, I'm back to it. And actually, I only have like the boots and the helmet and the hammer to do. So everything else is done. All right. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Um, Sarah, you were my co-host for 12 episodes. It's been a it's been a delight. It's been awesome. You also take needlessly, uh, not needlessly, <sighs> needfully, whatever. It's much needed uh, notes. Uh, and I remember because when we we used to do the WandaVision after show, I used to write notes during WandaVision. And then I stopped at a certain point for some of these other shows. But Sarah, I'm glad uh, that you've been here. You've been doing a great job. Thank you so much for Thank all you. this. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Ms. underscore Marauder. Um, we just finished up two back-to-back -back weekends of anime conventions. Um, so we got some cosplay content coming from that. We uh, did some photo shoots. So Evie will have some nice professional photos nice. Um, of her cosplays that I built. She got all signed up for the Kites cosplay competition and then uh, broke one of her props five minutes before it started. Um, and then violently sobbed for about an hour. Oh, oh no. I get to do the competition. But every cosplayer in the building was like coming over to her being like, I break my props all the time. All the time. There was just nothing to be done. She was too upset. Um, yeah. But she does have some amazing photos because it lasted the whole day until it broke. Um, Is that the one yeah. where the where the big cosplayer, the big ringer was going to come in and there's like a big kid cosplayer? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the one. For some reason, um, I'm envisioning Jacob Tremblay. So. No, it's Logan. I know. With Logan, a name like Logan, yeah, Jacob yeah, Tremblay. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the judges for the cosplay competition, which oh. was hilarious and adorable. Oh. Um, but yeah, one of our friends won, so we, we were happy for them. That's great. Um, but yeah, yeah but it was, she was so mad at herself. And I was like, I, the first time I ever wore a Spider-Man suit, I broke the zipper the morning of the con. So I was like, don't worry. Um, yeah, so we got that. And then we've got uh, uh, LA Comic Con coming up in a week and a half. So awesome. We'll be there. Awesome. I once made armor for a Star Wars related costume. And then when I got to San Diego, I didn't account for the weight of the armor on the straps. So it just popped right. <laughs> I made it and took it with me. And then I put it on the day of and it just fell apart. And I was like, I should have put more thought into it. So <laughs> fair. Uh, always account for the weight. I did. I did glue it together with wig tape. I had like wig tape in my bag. Yeah. So it was, but she, it was. Yeah. I get it. But it does. It happens to everybody at yeah. every level. Things break and fall apart. We're way harder on our costumes at conventions than they are shooting things. I mean, they put it on for like 30 minutes and then that's it. Like we wear ours for years and the conventions and on concrete floors. Like, yeah, it was it was her first time cosplaying with an outfit that had like significant props, like significant armor on it. So that's I think she was a. No. She, I think she thought I was like mad about it, and I was like, I super glue it. I just I can do, put it back together. Like it's not gonna be a yeah. big deal. But, yeah, you know, she's well, got some big emotions. I'm, I was I'm, like, I've been to therapy. She hasn't been to therapy yet. I get it. <laughs> I look forward to more Evie stuff. And more, yeah. and more, more like both of you doing like the duo cosplays and stuff. That's always fun. Yeah, I'm always looking for reluctant dads that I can cosplay. Uh, that's my go-to. Do uh, do Luthen and Andor 
Do you believe in an Andor? Evie is a little Andor. Ah. Just like mercilessly shooting people with a blaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we are always, genuinely, we are always open to cosplay suggestions um, of, yeah, we go for, I used to ask for mother-daughter, but now I ask for reluctant father figure. <laughs> Because um, that's our, that's literally all that we do now. Why don't you do like one of the Bad Batch and uh, Omega? Because uh, I haven't watched the Bad Batch. Oh, don't tell anyone. All right, it's not my era. Clones are not my era. I am not a clone gal. That's fair. Never have been. Yeah. Okay, all right. But we do Obi Wan and Leia. So yeah, yeah. I'll uh, probably do that. I'll probably do that for LA Comic Con. So I'm so sorry. I keep talking. It is midnight. For Jed, it's so much. Jed, it's, it's so late. In the morning. Uh, thank you, everybody out there for watching. <laughs> if you're watching us live, you're watching us on Twitch or YouTube at twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. If you are listening to the podcast after the fact, you are listening to us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher now. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Uh, if you got an Instagram or a TikTok, follow us at The Keeg Show. You can pretty much find us anywhere at The Keeg Show or slash The Keeg Show. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. We're also technically on Hive. That's a new thing. We'll see how Hive works. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to contribute back to The Keeg, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash The Keeg Show and find a subscription tier that works for you. Uh, any of the that stuff uh, kind of goes to, you know, what we got going on here at The Keeg behind the scenes and all that good stuff. This is the end of the and or after show, but we have The Keeg Talks every single weekend. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so like this weekend, we are doing Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And then after that, I think we're talking Pokemon. I think that's next week. Anyway, point being is we always got something going on. So uh, figure it out at the Keeg Show on Instagram and TikTok. Find us. We got the schedule up there. Thank you, everybody, uh, for being a part of this. I didn't shout out Nines Rodriguez on uh, on on YouTube, but shout out Karen's Nerdy Creations, Mr. Plow, Darth Chaco uh, over here on twitch thank you everybody so much for being a part of this once again i am your host dimitri Pereira, and this has been the Andor after show uh talking about episode uh 12 of season one season one finale take care everybody bye-bye